Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung, and you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Addicts, it's week four, heading into week four now. Welcome back to the podcast. It's your it's your host at FFA underscore Los. Welcome back, Mung, and uh, had a good week. How about you, man? Yeah, it was a very good week and uh, especially good for you because uh, Dan and I are officially already out of the podcast survivor pool. And so you can take your victory laps there, Los. I hate to break it to you guys, but y'all been mousetrapped. I laid the cheese right on the trap. I knew, (laughs) I knew that you guys would follow me down Chargers Alley into what I knew would be a loss. And what it was double elimination survivor slapped the trap on all three of us. And I come out smelling like the cheese smelling like roses. (laughs) Well, I will say we, we recorded early last week on, I believe it was Tuesday instead of our usual, our usual Thursday show. So uh, I, I certainly would have considered changing the pick, uh, knowing that Herbert's health was very much in question, but it's all said and done now. No, uh, no backsies as, as we say from grade school. Um, but yeah, I, I, I will say the silver lining though, was beating you in one of our leagues last week, uh, head to head. So yeah. I, I will at least have that consolation prize. And actually our wives are going head to head this weekend. Oh, I didn't get a chance to notice that. Well, uh, we will have to uh, cheer cheer from the sidelines for uh, for our respective parties if you, if you choose to do so. Um, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I know so. that uh, I know that Los is that, that my team has fallen completely apart in that league. Um, I've still got Carson Wentz sitting in as my quarterback. That's uh, that's a mess. Yeah, well, hopefully, uh, hopefully you're not starting him this week uh, after that disaster <laughs> showing at Philly. And uh, you know, let, let's get into the week four preview then. Uh, sure. we'll, we'll jump right into it. We are recording back on our usual schedule uh, Thursday night, watching the Siberian Tiger Bengal helmets, which look just absolutely fire. It's um, a good look. Yeah, I, it, it's I love it. I, I've been I've been trying to. You know, I've been in support of the alternate white helmets to go with their white uniforms for some time now. So I'm super stoked to see these in action. And uh, personally, I think uh, this will propel them to a victory. We have to go through the matchup, but I'm just going to say right now, I'm taking the Bengals because how can you how can you say that they're going to lose in these crisp new white helmets and uniforms? I mean, that's a great point, an excellent question. And the way that you can do it is just like this. You can say Tua is going to defeat Cincinnati at home. Okay. You're officially taking Miami? Or on the road, I mean. Yes, give me Miami. Okay. Well, uh, you know, that that is the depth of our analysis here. Uh, cool cool uniforms <laughs> and the like. But, uh, no, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit. Uh, on the Dolphin side, of course, you know, Waddle coming in with a groin injury. Uh, Tua coming in with the suspicious back injury that looked very much like a concussion when he when he was falling. But you know what? If the doctors cleared him, I won't. I don't have any evidence contrary it, it to was that. The, it was the very back of the of the head, which is really just a really upper back. I, see, Tua has an anatomy that's different than any other man. That's what. That's why he is Tua Tagovailoa. That's exactly what makes him so. So so that is that was actually mostly shoulder. Okay, yeah, especially because he's a lefty or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll closely monitor the split between Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert tonight. It's kind of been going back and forth. Uh, Edmonds seemed to gain the upper hand again last week, but uh, by the time you guys listen to this, you'll know how this game turned out. Uh, yep. On the other side here, uh, Joe Mixon, his ankle seems healthy. It was a uh, quote minor injury, but uh, you know Smajay Piran should be stashed just in case. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how the Chase Higgins or excuse me, uh, the T Higgins and Jamar yeah. Chase split goes. But uh, overall, this should be a fun Thursday Thursday night game as far as Thursday night games go. Big time wide receivers all over the field. Bring it on! All right. Well, here's your very first chance to uh, catch up on me on the games because currently I am up ahead by one. Uh, after last week, but uh, all right. So I'm taking Cincy. You're taking Miami. Let's move on to the Sunday games and a special one. Uh, if you have any 
Vikings or Saints in your lineups. You will probably need to get up a little bit earlier than you want on Sunday mm. morning because these teams are playing in London, 8.30 a.m. Central, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. And especially if you have Dalvin Cook, who sounds like he is likely to play right now, uh, but you certainly want to double-check that one in the morning. Yep, and if he doesn't, of course, uh, maybe you've got Alexander Madison. If you don't, maybe he's sitting there on the waiver wire. Mo most leagues, he is a guy that goes in around the 11th round, so he's probably not, but you never know. Uh, people get dropped uh, once the season starts. Yeah, always worth double-checking. He was probably picked up this week if he was a free agent, but uh, you know, always worth double-checking these things. On the uh, Saints side here, a lot of questions about their health as well with Michael Thomas and Jameis Winston both still not practicing as of Thursday. Uh, that's another situation to monitor. And is it crazy that I think if Andy Dalton gets the start, it could actually mean more checkdowns for Alvin Kamara? No, I think that's exactly what it would mean. That's that's not what Jameis does. That is what Andy Dalton does. So, no, uh, I, I for Chris Olave's sake, I hope that we see Jameis out there, but uh, I think Dalton will still sling it to him. Yeah, and I will say, too, that, you know, Kamara hasn't been great, but uh, how, on a scale of 1 to 10, how worried about you, or how worried are you about him going forward, Bliss? It's starting to creep in on me, to be honest. Um, Maybe a 5. Okay. Yeah, so uh, we'll see maybe a sell-high opportunity if he, if he gets a lot of targets with Dalton. You know, who knows? Yeah, the Saints are not looking themselves. Yeah, and uh, Chris Olave is just absolutely ready to lift off here. Uh, Love just a 9% target share in week one, but has gotten 33% of the targets in week two and three. If Thomas is out, this could be a monster game for Olave, who is on my wife's fantasy team. There you go. I think he is also leading the league in air yards, I think I saw. Yes, uh, by a, a significant margin, which is absolutely insane, the company that he's uh, keeping right now. Um all that being said, with the Saints injuries, I am going to lean the Vikings here. I'll take the Vikings. All righty. Now moving to the usual Sunday noon central 1 p.m. Eastern slate. We've got Cleveland Browns at the Atlanta Falcons. And the big news for the Browns is that Miles Garrett is questionable after being in a single car accident. Uh, luckily, it sounds like he's okay for the most part, but his status for this week's game uh, is still in doubt. But Overall, uh, not a whole lot to talk about fantasy-wise, I don't think, on the Browns. You're starting Chubb, um, perhaps Hunt as a flex, and Amari Cooper. Yeah, I think you've covered it. Um, uh, the Atlanta defense is not great. I think this is a fine week for both Chubb and Hunt. Yeah, perhaps Njoku, too, depending on your tight end yeah. options. Yep. All right, let's move it along to the Falcons side, which I also don't think that there's a whole lot to say. Uh, you know, yeah. you can stream Mariota, especially if both Garrett and Clowney are out. Um, sure. And then outside of them, you know, London, it's Patterson. You're not starting anybody else. Yeah, he's quietly been putting up that rushing yardage. Maybe not quietly. I think people just tend to overlook Marcus Mariota. Yeah, and, you know, the two rushing touchdowns have really saved his mediocre passing production, right. but that's exactly why, why we like him. Speaking of overlooked, though, Cordero Patterson, I think uh, running back top five at least uh, in two of the three weeks so far. Yeah, he's been very good. Uh, I'm still nervous about him rest of season. I think he's a yeah. sell high for me. Would you agree with that? <laughs> Play him again this week, then sell him, yeah. Sure. I, I mean, you're starting him for as long as he gets this kind of workload, but we'll see, too, once Damian Williams comes back from injury at some point. Yep. All right, I took Atlanta to upset Seattle last week, and that worked out. And I will take uh, the home dogs. Uh, the Falcons, I believe, are 1.5-point home dogs, but I will take them here. Yeah, that's not enough to count as a dog for me. I mean, even though, the, you know, the, the Cleveland defense is in disrepair right now. I'd really like to pick for Nick Chubb here, but I, I think I'm siding with you for Atlanta. Alrighty, let's move on to then the Washington Commanders at the Dallas Cowboys. Carson Wentz uh, hoping to bounce back from just a horrific showing against the Eagles last weekend. But big news here is Curtis Samuel continues to lead Washington in targets. Uh, he looks for real, at least early on in the season. He's getting scheme touches on screens and other plays from behind the line of scrimmage. Right now, every single week, I would rank him over Terry McLaurin if you have both Washington wide receivers. Is that something you're in agreement with here? 
I guess it's not a question I really thought uh, directly about. Um, they're close. Uh, I'm not in love with either, either right now, but in a PPR, yeah, I would go. I would go Samuel over McLaurin. Okay. Uh, on the Cowboys side here, of course, you've got Zeke and Pollard, but you've got Noah Brown, who's been pulling out with second string quarterback yeah. Cooper Rush. It sounds sure like Dak Prescott is pretty close to returning. Uh, luckily, the thumb injury wasn't too bad, but you've also got Michael Gallup maybe coming back this week. And uh, we'll see about Dalton Schultz as well. So those are some injury situations to monitor. Cooper Rush, not a bad streaming option at quarterback this week. He's not terrible, but uh, in the article that I do for Fantrax, which you guys can find at Fantrax, quick plug, uh, he is not in my top three or even in the honorable mentions. Uh, I have guys that I think you know are better options than Cooper Rush, one of which uh, being Marcus Mariota, who we just talked about. Sure, sure. Well, right now, I t- as I told you, I was living in Carson Wentz land, so I'm I'm weighing my options uh, very heavily right now. Well, uh, in, I was going to say in our league, I picked up Geno Smith, who we'll talk about in just a little bit. Oh, I didn't even notice that you did that, you you big jerk. <laughs> so he's not an option for you. Um, Darn it! <laughs> but you know, I don't think Wentz should be for you either in fantasy uh, or in this matchup. I- I'm just going to take the Cowboys, who don't look like they've really missed a beat switching from Dak Prescott to Cooper Rush. Yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys too. Uh, Washington looks like trash right now. Sorry. Yeah, that said, you know, we saw Wentz lead that comeback in week one against the Jags, so certainly not a, not a survivor pool pick. Not that we're doing that anymore because Dan and I already lost, but just saying. No, it's hard to pick NFC East games and survival pools. Yes, sir. All right, moving on to what I just hinted at, the Seattle Seahawks at the Detroit Lions. I think this is an absolutely smash spot for Geno Smith. He's my top streaming option this week against the Lions defense that can't seem to stop anybody, and that's given up the most points to opponents through three weeks. Let Geno cook, huh? Yeah, I mean, uh, would you start him over, you know, Carson Wentz, Marcus Mariota? I would start him over both of them, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, this game has a super high over-under, second ha- highest of the week behind only the Baltimore and uh, Buffalo game. So, yeah, and on the other side, too, uh, you know, at, at the running back position, I like Rashad Penny for the same reason because, again, this Lions run defense has not been great. Penny's very good for as long as he's healthy. He's still healthy. All right, let's move on to the other side, who I think Jared Goff is a viable option as well. Sure. Um, of course, if, and that's a big if, Amon Ross St. Brown is active because mm-hmm. he missed uh, Thursday's practice with an ankle injury, and he's been a driving force for this Detroit offense. If, if he's out, then I would look to fade uh, Jared Goff. Yeah, missing DeAndre Swift would hurt a bit too if that comes to fruition, would, which it certainly seems like it's going to. Yeah, it sounds like Swift's going to be out for at least a few weeks. So Jamal Williams, a strong RB2 start here. I, yeah. I like him a lot. And, uh, you know, deeper leagues, I am in a 14-team league, and I will be starting Craig Reynolds at the RB2 spot. Oh, my so, goodness. Oh, my um, goodness. For, the, for those of you in deep leagues, Craig Reynolds is a viable uh, option, hopefully more as a flex than what I'm doing than starting him at RB. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's worth saying that Jamal Williams might be worth buying high. Uh, even if you don't have Swift on your team, because mm-hmm. he was dominating the goal line and red zone work, even with Swift active. So I, I think Jamal Williams is a strong RB two for as long as Swift is out, and he's yeah. still you know a flex uh, even once Swift is back. I agree. Uh, the, the more touches he gets, the better he sort of looks. Even though he's not a game changing back, coaches love him. They always have. Speaking of scraping the bottom of the barrel uh, to replace your Amon Ross St. Brown, are we talking Josh Reynolds or DJ Chark? Uh, I mean, honestly, neither. It might be Hawkinson. Uh, he might get a oh. bump up in the tight end rankings. I, I guess Chark, but I, I certainly would not want to be relying on either of them. I certainly hope not to either, but I, I would pick Chark. Uh, all right, so this one's tough. Right now, again, we're recording on Thursday night without knowing Amon Ra St. Brown's status, assuming that he is active as of right now. I will lean, lean the home team lines. Yeah, I'm going to do that too. Um, Seattle's got to travel to the Midwest. And Geno Smith doesn't like it in the Midwest. So, uh, yeah, we're picking Detroit. 
Yeah, I, I will reserve <laughs> the right to switch this if uh, if I'm in Ross St. Brown's Boo. pool out though. Boo! Hey, as part of fantasy and, and you know sports betting in general is adapting to these shifting situations, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For now, we're both going Detroit. We'll we'll we'll, we'll go with that. How about that? Yes. All right. Let's move on then to the Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the Titans. Uh, finally got a breath of life, uh, avoided starting the year 0-3. And, and uh, for fantasy, Robert Woods, Traylon Burks, again, neither is still a very reliable option. Really, it's Derrick Henry and maybe Tannehill in deeper leagues or super flex formats. Yeah, it's not time to, to go all in on the on the pass game here. Derrick Henry got six targets, which he turned in five passes or five receptions. He needs to do that. He I I've been wanting him to do that for for five years now. And every so often he'll uh, he'll have a multi-catch game and he'll be a top running back on the week. 23 points this week, I think, in PPR leagues. Um just really good. And uh and it's getting colder out. So uh he's gonna play well. So I don't know that that's a situation that's going to continue because it, it feels like he has these multi multi reception games. Oh, it's not there. Yeah. But, no, uh, not what I was saying. I was, I just hoped right. it would, but yeah. no, it won't. I would look to sell high on Derek. Henry if you have anyone interested, because <laughs> yes, it's getting colder and he's going to be used a ton, but I, I'm still nervous about him holding up. If they do end up going back to that kind of workload for him. It, it's all a matter of what you mean by sell high and what you can get for him. So yeah, if you can, if you can convert him into another RB one, sure. But I just, I don't see that happening. I don't see anybody giving you that val- volume after one good game. Sure. Uh, all right. On the Colts side here, uh, I, don't, I don't know, Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. Woo. Yeah. If he's okay. Yeah. It sounds like uh, Taylor's toe issue is just precautionary. It was pretty wild though when Adam Schefter tweeted that this is the first uh, practice and that Taylor has missed since what high school. I don't think he missed any throughout high school and college, right? Who, who digs up information like that? That's so strange. The, uh, the interns at ESPN, I'm sure they're, they're, they're very creepy. These interns <laughs> going back to the high school days, huh? I mean, digging into his practice tape. I mean, how could you possibly know that? Yeah, well, at least it's a it's a sigh of relief for the uh, fantasy GMs who have Taylor, and uh, certainly you, you can't trust any of the tight ends because uh, yeah. it seems week to week uh, someone's going to score a touchdown or two. But good luck guessing it's if true. it's Granson, Mo Ali Cox, or Jelani Woods. So it's true. Alec Pierce looking more like the two this past week, but I, I wouldn't go all in on that just yet, yeah, especially again, in this offense with yeah, Matt Ryan. It's just Taylor. Uh, Pitt, yeah. Really. Yep. yep. Uh, I'm going to lead the home team Colts. Well, they did just beat the uh, Chiefs, so how could I pick against Indianapolis right now? Take the Colts. Yeah, I would say the Chiefs beat themselves more than the Colts yeah. beat them, but, uh, yeah. you know, a win's a win in the NFL. It's true. All right, let's move on to two teams who have surprisingly uh, started 2-1 and one on the season, <laughs> the Chicago Bears at the New York Giants. Uh, it sounds like Montgomery uh, is very likely to miss this week. Uh, not a not a long term injury, but potentially at least one week absence. So, in his stead, uh, Khalil Herbert, right? I, I think he's a strong RB too, much like Jamal Williams. If Montgomery's out, yeah, no reason not to start him uh, either. Yeah, he'll be fine against the Giants. Yeah, in deeper leagues, uh, Tristan Edner worth a stash if you have the bench spot, but man. I, I, even against the Giants, I'm not touching Fields or Mooney or Komet. No, no, I mean, no, they shouldn't even be not. on rosters in shallower formats. Sad, but true. All right. Uh, on the Giants side here, uh, it's it's very similar, right? I mean, very sad uh, for Sterling Shepard, who tore his ACL on Monday night. Uh, he looked good coming back from the Achilles, so hopefully he will be all right. Um, but, you know, much like Chicago, it, it's really just the, the running back that you want to be starting here. Saquon only. Um, yeah, that's all. Uh, the, the tight ends have starting to get a, starting to begin getting a couple more looks, but I don't think this is the week to cash in. Yeah. I will say through three weeks, I feel pretty decent about most of my teams because you know, my, the quote unquote, my guys heading into the season were Saquon Barkley, uh, Cortland Sutton, Marquise Brown and Alan Robinson. Womp womp. Yeah. Oops. 
yeah but uh, three for four know, ain't bad yeah I'll, I'll i'll take that and uh this is a gross game an ugly game i would be staying far away betting wise but for the purposes of our pick em, i'm just gonna lean the home team so give me the jacks yeah these are this these are the sort of games where chicago comes out and puts out a complete stinker uh even though the giants are two and one they're, they're not a good team and chicago's not going to show up yeah i mean uh davis mills gifted them a late interception on a tipped ball and then that's yeah. a lot of luck on yeah. a game where they easily could have lost so yeah. yeah all right giants here big blue let's move on to the jacksonville jaguars at the philadelphia eagles jags look good uh, through three weeks, Christian Kirk leads the team with 27 targets, but Zay Jones isn't that far behind with 24, and he actually he actually has one more reception uh, than Kirk thus far on the season. However, he is battling an ankle injury, so monitor Zay Jones' status. I do think Marvin Jones could be flex-worthy in a pinch, if you must, uh, simply due to target volume if Zay ends up being out. Uh, yeah. James Robinson's pretty much an RB one uh, that you're playing in your RB two slot. What do we do with ETN right now? Uh, I mean, you're not dropping him, but you, you can't start no. him. No, uh, no, no. Although yeah. I, I think he is, you know, flex worthy in this matchup because the Jags have been very good credit where credit is due, but they've been leading games, uh, and I do think they'll be trailing in this one. So we could see a little bit more ETN. Yeah. Um, is it going to be enough to combat that uh, stunt? Philadelphia defensive line. I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll see about that. But stout uh, is not a word. That's stout, a combination. Stout. I understood what you were talking about. Yeah, stout and staunch. Stout. That's the. Uh, there you go. Maybe maybe we'll make it into a word. We'll, we'll make it, it should, a thing. I mean, it, it should be a word. Um, also, Evan Ingram should be a thing if Zay Jones were to miss. So if you're uh, if you're just trying to find a warm body at tight end, maybe he's an option to speak. Oh, it's true. Uh, on the Eagles side, uh, I'll take the L. I'll admit when I'm wrong, and I'm uh, dead wrong on Devontae Smith, who I mm-hmm. thought would not be getting a whole lot of targets with A.J. Brown, especially after Brown's monster week one. But, hey, Devontae Smith looks excellent. He's earning a lot of targets. Uh, he can be in lineups alongside Brown, alongside Goddard, alongside maybe Miles Sanders, alongside definitely Jalen Hurts. Uh, start your Eagles. Yeah, uh, Smith is what I like in the flex. Uh, big explosive type player that will unfortunately give you some duds. Yes, sir. And uh, again, kudos to Jacksonville for you know casting off the curse of Urban Meyer. But uh, all all that said and done, I'm still taking the Eagles, especially at home. Yeah, uh, your preseason pick. I'm I'm on board now. Among the Eagles are very good. Yes, sir. All right. Let's move on to the New York Jets at the Pittsburgh Steelers with Zach Wilson finally coming back. Um, and then maybe no Garrett Wilson due to a rib injury. We'll see. He's still iffy. But, man, I, I'm i nervous about all the Jets against the good Pittsburgh secondary. And then just without knowing what kind of game shape Zach Wilson's in, uh, you know, how comfortable he is with the playbook after missing so much time due to injury. Tyler Conklin too makes me very nervous. He was looking good if you picked him up at tight end, but you know, a lot of that was Flacco and we just don't know what kind of target shares are going to be split with Zach Wilson now. Yeah. I'm not chasing these, uh, these wide receivers with Wilson in his first game back. Um, Brees Hall, I, I do think is starting to shine a little past Michael Carter. So he's probably the only play here and as a back end running back too. Yeah, we'll see. If you had to pick one of the pass catchers, it's Wilson, though, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, on the Pittsburgh side, uh, I don't know that there's a whole lot to talk about. Trubisky's going to Trubisky. But uh, all that said and done, Deontay Johnson's getting a ton of targets. Uh, and Najee Harris is still plenty involved in the passing game. So those are the guys. Just those well. two. Yeah. Uh, though he's sort of taking a little bit of a seat back for me. Um, some of the free agent guys, uh, I, I think I'd still have Gerald Everett over him right now. Um, you know, yeah, it's a tough call with, uh, Herbert's injury, but Herbert did practice in full today. I think for the first time, um, in some time. So certainly it makes you feel better. I mean, they're all, they're all back end tight end ones at the end of the day, which means what three points or 12. Yeah. And nothing in between. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. 
Uh, all that being said, I will bet against the second year quarterback uh, in his first game back from injury. Yeah, it's uh, funny to be betting on the side of Mitch Trubisky, but Wilson has not looked amazing. He's uh, to, to to say the most. Yeah, I mean, we even saw Joe Burrow looking rusty after his appendectomy missing a few weeks, and that's much of the same story with Wilson, right? Yeah. All right, moving on to the highest projected point total of the week, the Buffalo Bills at the Baltimore Ravens. This is projected to be shootout city. So start everyone and, you know, insert uh, Leon the professional, Gary Oldman, everyone <laughs> gets here. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, does everyone include Devin Duvernay, though? I think it does. I, I think, I mean, let, let's talk about the Bills side first. Uh, yep. Gabriel Davis with the oh, ankle injury is yep. still questionable, but I mean, if he's out, Isaiah McKenzie, you know, yep. lift off. Mm-hmm. You got it. Um, and I think Dawson Knox would get a, a few more targets too if Davis is out. Very talented, just needs the opportunity. Um, but yeah, on, on the Baltimore side, I do think that Duvernay is a sneaky wide receiver four in a game where I think it's going to be very back and forth. I think so too. Uh, we should see just like you called it shootout city, a lot of points scored, a lot of deep balls, a lot of offense, um, a lot of really good dueling between uh, the two quarterbacks here. Yeah. And you know, who doesn't get as much work in a shootout is the running backs getting the carries yeah. on the ground. Uh, I think Singletary's still fine. He's involved a little bit in the passing game and he seems to be solidifying a role for the time being, at least yeah. uh, in that lead role. But J.K. Dobbins in his first game back last week, just 44% of the snaps, seven carries compared to six for Justice Hill, who certainly looks more explosive than Dobbins. So as of right now, I don't think you're starting either, but if you had to pick, it might be Hill. Right now, but that's that's not that's not an opportunity I want to go with. Uh, he's not going to be catching a bunch of balls. I, I, I mean, you're starting him likely as a flex. I think there's better upside flexes out there. Yep. This is a tough one. Uh, this should be a very fun game to watch. Uh, and again, with all the injuries on Buffalo's defense, a lot of guys questionable, especially in their secondary. That being said, it's just really hard to bet against Buffalo. You know, we talked about last week, uh, crazy things happened in South Florida with the heat and the humidity and, yeah. and all the injuries on defense. And, and the same is still true, but without at least the weather, I think. So I, I'm going to lean the bills here, even on the road. Yeah, I'm taking Buffalo. All righty. Uh, let's move on then to the LA Chargers at the Houston Texans. Uh, left tackle, Rashawn Slater. Uh, sounds like he's going to be out for a while. Same with DN, Joey Bosa. Two huge losses uh, on either side of the ball here. And Keenan Allen, who we just really don't know what's going on with. Not sure if he aggravated the uh, hamstring injury, but he still seems very much questionable for this game. So in deeper leagues, I think, DeAndre Carter and especially Josh Palmer can be started and relied upon. But yeah, I mean, the big thing here is hopefully Herbert's healthy, right? Yeah, hopefully he is. Hopefully the ribs are feeling a bit better. So for, for at the very least for the sake of a good football game, but uh, I'm sure Keenan Allen's going to come on television and tell everybody not to sit him just before the game so that you pull Josh Palmer out of your lineup, pull Gerald Everett out of your lineup, uh, and then uh, have him go out there and maybe have two catches, be a decoy most of the game. Yeah, and I mean, if Herbert's active, I, it's hard to bench him in fantasy, but I, I still would not feel great. No, you can't bench Justin Herbert. Kid's a slinger. He's a baller. This is a, this is a top five quarterback this week if he plays. Okay. I, I think the ceiling's definitely there. I just think the floor might be a little lower than we think, still coming sure. back from the rib injury. But we don't play quarterbacks for the floors. Sure. Trey, sure. Trey Lance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Geno Smith. That's why yep. I'm starting him for the ceiling. There you go. Um, all right, moving on to the Texans side. Not a whole lot has changed. It's uh, Damian Pierce, who, despite uh, you know the touchdown against the Bears, I, I would still preach caution here. But hey, the Chargers' uh, run defense is not the greatest, especially without Joey Bosa. So I think Pierce is a viable flex this week. And again, it's still just him and, and Brandon Cooks, who hasn't been the best. Is it? Is it still Brandon Cooks? Uh, Davis Mills is not 
making me happy with what he's doing with Brandon Cooks here. 22 yards last week. We haven't seen sustained disappearing acts from Brandon Cooks uh, at any point in his career, except for uh, three years ago, I think it was, where uh, where I I very early presumed him uh, or uh, proclaimed him dead. And then he came back and uh, scored tons of points and had two more thousand-yard seasons. So sure. I, I, I don't know. Brandon cooks is a flex for me. He's not better than that right now. And this is one of my preseason guys. So uh, maybe it just stings me a little harder. Yeah. And look, I, I think the floor is definitely lower with mills, but the first two games, you know, at least four catches and at least 50 yards in each of them. So he's still in that wide receiver three flex territory. Yeah. But not two, like I call them. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I did not draft a whole lot of him at ADP. So certainly, yeah. uh, yeah, well, uh, he, although he was in the same range where I occasionally passed on Amon Ross St. Brown as well. So I'll, I'll take the wins with the that losses. Was a, that was a big L there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Amon Ross. Never will I doubt you again. Yeah. And uh, his brother, Equinemius, doing yeah. pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess hey. when there's nobody else on a team in Chicago, somebody's got to shine. Yeah, but certainly, you know, rooting for the brothers, it's a it's a great story. I think I think uh, I was watching their dad owns a gym, right, on Hard Knocks, so they work out with their dad. Oh, Jim who? <laughs> Very good. Um, <laughs> all right, so, uh, man, all that being said, you know, the Chargers did not look good against the Jags, but Herbert hopefully healthier, and they at least know, um, you know, they don't have the in-game injury to deal with Slater and Bosa, so they hopefully have a plan to... Uh, account for their losses. I'm still going to take the Chargers here. Houston tied with the Colts, and the Colts just beat the Chiefs. All that said, gave me the Chargers by a touchdown. Yeah, but I, I think I, you know, betting wise, I might take the spread here. You know, Texans plus I think five and a half, six and a half at home. That's that's a big margin for a a Chargers team that's dealing with a whole lot of injuries. Sure is. All right, let's move on then to our Sunday mid-afternoon slate of games, the Arizona Cardinals at the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Marquise Brown, who I was high on heading into the season, finally got that true wide receiver one usage last week against the Rams. We'll see if this keeps up. Hopefully it does. I do have him on a few teams. And uh, with A.J. Green likely out this week, but Rondale Moore potentially back, I think both Dorch and Moore are uh, interesting flex options here. Yeah, I was worried about Dorch uh, becoming droppable, but uh, Green coming out of the way does help that a smidgen. What uh, what week is Hopkins back? Is it six or is it eight? Yeah, it's after week six, so week six, seven. Okay, okay, okay. So, and you know, I've had a couple questions about Marquise Brown, and I actually think that having a legitimate other option outside of him will help him. Not hurt oh, totally. Him. Totally um, helps him. So I, I'm still buying Marquise Brown. If you think any of your league mates are trying to sell high on him after week three, um, I you know depending on the price, of course, but I would definitely explore that. And look, a down week for Kyler Murray, but uh, the Rams are tough defense, and I don't love the matchup against Carolina. But you're still starting Kyler Murray. I doubt you have better options. Yeah, yeah, you you don't. Uh, Kyler Murray's got value on the ground in in the air. This is a good team. This offense is going to produce. And even though Carolina isn't a great offense right now, Arizona's defense is bad enough that they will allow them to score. Christian McCaffrey is shake free a couple of times. Um, so uh, the Cardinals will need to keep producing on offense. Yeah, and, and I will say, um, you know, let's talk real quick about Zach Ertz because I'm buying Marquise Brown there aren't a whole lot of reliable tight ends. Ertz has been one of the few early in the year, but would you be looking to potentially sell him uh, a couple weeks early before Hopkins comes back? Are you concerned about that target share dwindling a little bit more? Yeah, I am. I, I pretty much live to sell uh, Zach Ertz, but the problem is what can you sell him for? I mean, it depends on your league, right? I'm sure there right. are a few teams out there who are desperate for tight end help. And if you're confident in, you know, streaming some decent tight end options, if guys like Joku and Ingram uh, are still out there on your waiver wire, then it's potentially worth selling him for like a running back or wide receiver upgrade if you can get it done. If you could, if you could do that, do that with any tight end, not named uh, Kelsey. Yep. And uh, I mean, I don't know. Guys or like Andrews. Elijah Moore and DJ Moore, I, I'm trying not to drop because we know the talent is there. But, I mean, it, it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen with Baker Mayfield. Despite a 24% tar target share, DJ Moore is just not getting very much production. 
I don't think you can drop a guy like DJ Moore, but if it doesn't happen this week, you've got to sell him for pennies. It's not going to happen any week. Yeah, I mean, again, but, but there is. The I mean, in in a twelve person league, there's one person in there who will want DJ Moore, who's think who will think there's a glimmer of hope there. Yeah, I mean, worth floating some offers out there. Oh, this is a tough one because I could see Carolina just getting it done. Arizona has not looked good, but. That being said, maybe with Rondale Moore coming back, I will bet on a little bit of Kyler Magic. I was actually hoping you were going to take the home team here because I think that Arizona is going to take this one. Uh, I, I think we are going to see Kyler Magic. I think uh, that they're not going to slow down Marquise Brown here either. Okay. Well, for my fantasy teams with Marquise Brown and a couple with Kyler as well, I, I sure hope we're right. <laughs> You're welcome. Let's move on to the New England Patriots, Sands, Mac Jones at the Green Bay Packers. Maybe. Yeah, I'll, I'll believe Belichick's maybe the same <laughs> way I bet asking out, you know, Giselle. <laughs> All right. Um, Brian uh, Axel Hoyer, apparently, pretty, pretty awesome name, uh, will be starting. It is. Um, what is he, like 45 now, or did he just always seem old? What he is is a perfectly adequate backup quarterback, uh, not unlike the Josh McCowns of the world. Um, so I, I think if you have Ramondre Stevenson, he's still okay. Emerged as the lead back with the majority of carries plus a 16% target share last week uh, with the Patriots trailing to the Ravens. And I think there's going to be trailing quite a bit again against Aaron Rodgers at home in Lambeau. Both he and Jacoby Myers are still a little risky until what we see the offense looks like with Hoyer, but I think they're the two best options. On this team, they're the best option, sure. That doesn't mean they're in my lineup. Sure. And, and you know, if you're desperate, I think uh, Damian Harris, desperation, uh, touchdown dependent, like RB4. But for me, it's, it's Stevenson over Harris and Jacoby Myers over uh, Devontae Parker because I don't think that Brian Hoyer is going to be taking as many shots to Devontae Parker. No, and, and this offense is not going to stay on the field much this week either. All right, on the Packers side here, uh, Romeo Dubs led the team with a 25% target share last week in Tampa with Watkins and Watson both out. He's still a very iffy you know, wide receiver four right now, but we know the upside is there, so he should definitely be rostered and you know could eventually emerge down the stretch as potentially the number one guy in Green Bay. Don't fall in love with Green Bay rookies. And there's another one on the team that was drafted a lot higher than him. Yeah, I mean, definitely, again, for the pure upside, should be rostered uh, if you ha at all have the bench space. Um, all that being said here, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Packers. Yep. Uh, don't want to leave out Robert Tunyon. I think he's a fine play this week. Uh, give me the Packers. All right. Moving on to the Denver Broncos at the Las Vegas Raiders. Just, uh, you know, I. I offered to let my wife watch whatever last Sunday night because I was like, I do not want to watch this <laughs> Niners-Broncos game. And that was before the game started. Yeah. You know, I, I knew what it was going to be like. And it certainly did not disappoint. Or, or I should say it, met, it, it disappointed, <laughs> but it met my expectations perfectly. Yeah. How about that? Yep. Yes, exactly. Uh, I mean, Corlin Sutton, Javante Williams, maybe Melvin Gordon if you're feeling lucky. Uh, I don't think you can start Russell Wilson in a one quarterback league right now. Not right now. You can't, uh, I'm not betting on that. That team has got to turn that ship towards the sea. If that's a saying. Yeah. I mean, it can only get better, right? So hopefully, uh, hopefully things will get worked out between Haggett and uh, his players. Um, yeah, well, let's move on to the Raiders yeah. side, which Jeez. also Didn't see looks, that coming. Yeah. Uh, I saw, I saw a very nice meme where it was a picture of Bill Belichick talking to Josh McDaniels. And it said, uh, Belichick did not ass assign an offensive coordinator this year because he knew McDaniels would be back in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, but, uh, you know, fantasy-wise, uh, Devontae Adams has been fine. Darren Waller has been okay. Josh yeah. Jacobs, if you must. Um, yeah. And we'll see about Hunter Renfro. I think Matt Collins in deeper leagues, worth a look. Uh, if Renfro is out again, but it does sound right. like uh, Renfro should be back this week. Yep. Don't spend too much money on, uh, on wide receiver fours. Yeah. I, I hate myself for this one, but I just, uh, it's hard for me to see the Raiders going to Owen four when 
But, you know, for all intents and purposes, again, kudos to Denver for scratching out that win against the Niners, but they didn't look good doing it. It felt like a, a stiff breeze could have swayed that matchup one way or the other, and uh, I'm just going to lean the home team Raiders. It, yeah. I don't want to just keep picking the same game teams as you, Mung, but uh, this is a boring week. I'm sorry. Give me the Raiders. All right. I think a lot is, is hinging on uh, tonight's game. Cincinnati yeah, it is. for you. It is. We'll be tied in, uh, in roughly two hours. Uh, we'll see about that, but uh, <laughs> let's Never move on doubt. to the Sunday night football matchup, Kansas city chiefs at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And with as that, of, we have a pick at the 30 yard line, just as I said, never in doubt. Sorry. <laughs> yep. Feeling, feeling good so far, but we'll see a lot of game left. Yep. Um, but it, it was reported earlier on Thursday afternoon that as of right now, Hurricane Ian, I, I believe has been not a meteorologist. I believe has been downgraded to tropical storm Ian. So um, lesser concerns. Hopefully if you're in that Florida area, you're staying safe, but uh it sounds like this game is going to stay in Tampa. Originally, the backup location was going to be Minneapolis, I think. Um, but it, it will be Bucks' home field uh, advantage. Really, you don't want to play any of these wide receivers. Again, Mahomes, we talked about this last week. He was telling us the truth. Should have listened to him that it, it's not going to be any of these wide receivers uh, You know, taking on a huge role. It's really going to be Kelsey, who... Uh, surprisingly dropped an easy touchdown in the end zone against the Colts last week, but we forgive him for his long track record of excellence. And then worth mentioning, Jarek McKinnon actually outsnapped Clyde Edwards Alaire against the Colts last week, although I would not be super enthused about playing any of the Chiefs running backs against this Bucks front seven. Oh, it's a good, uh, it's a good rush defense. It's not something you want to target. Certainly not with a committee backfield where you don't know who's in charge. Yeah, uh, I will say I, I'm still stashing McKinnon uh, and Pacheco on various rosters at the end of my bench because, again, we know that if anything happens to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, they are top waiver wire picks for the week. Are they? I think so, uh, especially yeah. with the lack of production from the wide receivers. Mahomes is actually throwing to his running backs a little bit more this year. Yeah, I guess so. But it's just going to be a split field again between the two of them, then. And yeah, and they're, but I mean, they're less have, exciting to me than Clyde. I mean, they, on the Chiefs' offense, I will still take shots on their running backs. Yeah, fair enough. On the Bucks side here, uh, no split for Fournette, who has been a workhorse. Nope. Although this Bucks offensive line is really hurting the entire offense, they're just losing guys left and right. And we, we mentioned that it could be a concern in the preseason, and it has been. But at the very least, uh, Fournette has been getting usage as a receiver out of the backfield. So that keeps him in that RB2 range, uh, especially in PPR formats, and should be okay again this week against a not-great Chiefs run defense. And then finally, Russell Gage showed out uh, with Evans suspended, and both Julio and God went out. We'll see. Uh, you know, he looks healthier, finally back from the hamstring a little bit, but we're going to have to see what this target share looks like. If Evans is back this week, potentially, or I mean, excuse me, Evans will be back this week from the suspension, uh, potentially Julio as well, still iffy on Godwin. Assuming Julio is back, but Godwin remains out, how would you rank these Bucks wide receivers? Assuming Godwin is back, but Julio assuming is Assuming Julio is back. Oh, okay. Well, who, oh. It sounds like, oh, someone does not like Julio. Well, I was going to say Julio, but uh, but uh, I was staunchly disagreed with. So I guess I'll just say Russell Gage along with you. I mean, in, in a Tom Brady offense, it's almost always the slot receiver unless you've got a top, top talent, right? So I guess it's Gage. Yeah, and I think in, in deep, deep leagues, Cole Beasley should still be rostered. But again, sure. these are more the 14-plus team leagues that we're talking about here. Hey, it's like he's been throwing the ball to him for 25 years, and that turned into uh, three for 12. Yeah. I, uh, man, I don't know. Um, I, I, had yes, you do. I had originally put down the Bucks, but I, I think... Listen to your heart. <laughs> I think despite... When Brady's calling for you. <laughs> nah, I just, I mean, Rodgers picked apart the secondary, uh, was able to evade the pressure a little bit. Yeah, but that's Rodgers. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know the right thing to do. 
this is not one I feel confident about, but I think I'm going to go with the Chiefs on the road. You're just you're just playing defense. You you are scared. You are taking <laughs> in your shoes. Give me the Chiefs. Yeah, I I don't know. But, I mean, I think this will be a fun game, but it's it's tough. Both of these teams are not quite in playoff form just yet. Uh, I think you know we're going to see a better version of the Bucks as they get some guys back from injury, and I think the Chiefs' offense will come together a little bit better as well in the second half of the season. But yeah, it's, just, it's hard to bet. Uh, the Bucks with you know eighty percent of their offensive line gone. Um, let's move on to the Monday night game: the LA Rams at the San Francisco 49ers. It seems like Cam Akers has slowly worked his way back into that lead role over Daryl Henderson, but Henderson should still be rostered. And uh, honestly, I wouldn't count on either of these guys against the tough San Francisco run defense. That's the question: Where are you starting Akers? Uh, low flex. Yeah, uh, I don't feel basically. good about it. I don't yeah. like it at all. I, I completely agree with you. Yeah, I mean, you're just hoping he punches in a, a touchdown. That's all. Yep. Um, starting Cooper Cup. Uh, don't love Tyler Higby against this Niners secondary. That's pretty good against the tight ends up the middle. But, uh, you know, in a pinch, he, I think he's fine. Still getting a lot of targets. And, uh, I mean... Allen Robinson, wide receiver four. Uh, you're hoping for maybe you know some coverage to shift towards Cooper Cup if you have Robinson, and, and but you don't feel good, right? I think this team wouldn't feel as gross or as dirty right now if they weren't our reigning Super Bowl champions. They're they're playing just fine, but coming off a Super Bowl win, record-setting years at the wide receiver position, it just doesn't feel right. This team doesn't feel exciting right now, so I think there is a little bit of a lens being put on this team where they're probably a little better than maybe we're giving them a little credit for. So I'll, I'll ask you this, Los. Um, if you're, you know, if you need a backup kicker or defense or running back or whatever due to injuries, and uh, you know, you have Elijah Moore, DJ Moore and Allen Robinson uh, with decent starting wide receivers. Which one would you drop to make room for, you know, a waiver pickup or a free agent ad that you need to start this week? Oh, okay. I was so lost when you were talking about kickers and then threw D DJ Moore at me. Can you throw that question again at me? Yeah, just if you need to drop one of DJ Moore, Elijah Moore, or Allen Robinson right now, all three have been underperforming. Who would you be dropping? So who are you basically, you know, most willing to give up on? That's a good question. Uh, I guess that I would go with Allen Robinson. The, I, it makes me feel gross. The team is not getting it done. Um, he's a talented wide receiver, maybe, but he's not getting the opportunities, and it's it's not looking like it this year. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think I would be dropping Elijah Moore because as good as he looked as a rookie, you know, Garrett Wilson seems to look really good and might be taking over that number one job um, for the Jets. And then also just the uncertainty with Zach Wilson leading the offense. And, and I think the silver lining for me, it's a very thin sliver of silver lining at this point. But for Robinson is at least, you know, against uh, the Cardinals last week, he got two goal line targets, right? So Stafford is still trying to get him involved close to the end zone and I, I do think that the upside is still there um he just doesn't look great right now i think all of them are landmines for your opponent right now yeah but i you know if i had to pick i think i'm dropping elijah Moore. yeah fair enough um on the niner side here uh man i had so mm. many people chirping about how garoppolo was better than trey lance after leading them to an easy win over an awful seahawks team and you know how, how do you like them now just I well, Garoppolo is Garoppolo. He's still better than Trey Lance. Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. Let's, <laughs> uh, but well, yeah, I mean, look. why don't we trot them both out there right now and see what happens? Yeah. I'll, I'll take Lance on one ankle over Garoppolo, <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, but you know, we, we know Garoppolo is right. He has moments where he does shine and then he has just the rest where he makes baffling decisions and looks uh, completely confused out there. I don't think it's going to look a whole lot better with Trent Williams out because he, I mean, the Niners were just absolutely unable to move the ball. Once Williams was out, he's going to be out for quite some time. And uh, I, I would avoid 
all the options except Devo Samuel. I, I just, I don't feel good about Jeff Wilson without Trent Williams. Um, I, I don't love IU who runs a bit deeper routes, uh, with no time for Garoppolo to have in the pocket. Um, again, Kittle, just cause you don't have better tight end options. Right. But it's really Devo and Kittle. Yeah. Um, those are the only two I'd play regardless for right now. Uh, I, 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 Again, I think you're wrong about Ayuk. I think his strength is the short routes with uh, with Jimmy Hans with Jimmy Garoppolo or Nick Mullins or whichever you know plug and play quarterback they want to use in San Francisco. I do think they're a better team. They need a, a, a game or two to gel because all off season they practiced with that different Trey Lance offense. I, I I'm standing my ground. This is a better team with Jimmy Garoppolo than with than with Trey Lance. Okay. Um, all that being said, you know. Great, great track record for Kyle Shanahan against Sean McVay the last two years. Uh, I think in the playoffs was the first time that last year that McVay actually beat this Niners team under Shanahan. Um, but no Trent Williams is really the factor that swings this to the Rams for me. If this was two weeks from now, I would pick the Niners. But um, right now, they still need a little more time to gel and fix that offense. Give me the, give me the Rams. Still going to be ugly. Yeah, I, I think this is uh, the Sunday night game. I, I'm much more excited to watch than the, yeah. uh, the Monday night game. But yep. All right, that will wrap up our week four preview here. Uh, hopefully your teams are 3-0, but even if you're 1-2 and or 0-3, there are a lot of games left to be played, especially with that extra week that the NFL has added. So still, uh, don't, don't give up hope just yet on making the playoffs make those free agent ads, make those trade offers, uh, do whatever you can to improve your team every week uh, until you are mathematically eliminated, just like the NFL. So hopefully, uh, you know, best of luck to all of you in week four. If you have sit start questions, uh, I've not been tweeting out uh, asking for the mailbag questions because I've been super busy the last couple of weeks, but we will be incorporating those on episodes going forward. But in the meantime, if you have sit start questions, for week four or any other questions, feel free to find us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And you can find me at SFA underscore Los. That's, of course, L-O-S. And you can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. Please remember to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. It's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts.